Hey, it's Keelan with Story Mode, a video game podcast. Today, Jesse Simon and I discuss our Elden Ring progress, get hyped about the Witcher 4 announcement, and analyze the first episode of the Halo TV show. If you want to see more, find us on storymodegaming.com and follow us at StoryModeAUS. Enjoy the show, everyone. Guys, I cleaned my little office space today. So yesterday I was meant to also give Keelan Ratchet and Clank. And mm-hmm. Keelan and I apologized. I couldn't find it. It's okay, Eventually Jesse. found it. And I found all my games. I have too many games, guys. I, I put a photo up on my Twitter. Um, and I retweeted that at our at our Twitter at Storybot AUS. I'm good with the plugs today. Um of all my PS4 games, like 70, maybe 80. Oof. I think I've finished like six. What's yeah. wrong with me? No, I do. I do something kind of similar. To be completely honest with you, like I've got a lot of games that I just don't just finish. get them. And like I'm already thinking, like so I started playing Horizon Forbidden West, got like 15 hours, and still need to get back to them. But then Elden Ring came out, and we'll get to that in a moment. That ruined my life. And now I I have a long train trip this weekend. I'm like, oh, you should do buy Kirby. I, I should buy. Kirby, a $70 game or $80, whoever, however much Nintendo wants to sell this game for, for a train trip. I, I have goddamn brain worms. I literally bought it earlier today. Oh, good. Have you played Ooh. it yet? Uh, no, not yet. I've um, <laughs> After I got home, I went and had a nap because... <laughs> You've um, had a hell of a weekend. Yeah, I've had, I've had a, a very long, very stressful... Uh, weekend, but that's that's a uh, stories for another day. Sorry for another time. It involves an oily cat. It does. It does. Mm. I did make a couple <laughs> of jokes about how easy it would be to fry her up real nice and evenly. Should have done it. Mm. <sighs> also, and now look, nobody listening will get this. Not even in the pre-show what they have got this because we were talking about this off air. But I did walk walk off with my headphones on. I wasn't being rude to Simon while you're telling that story. And when you said that you had to get into the shower half naked to wash off an oily cat, which is <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's not a euphemism. No, it's when not. When you said half naked, I imagine you've gone in with a shirt on with no pants. Uh, no, <laughs> okay. sh- that was the half naked I wanted. It's shirt on and underwear, but uh, no, yeah. That's not that's not how I'm picturing it, baby. Of, of course. <laughs> how about you, Keelan? How was your weekend? Any oily cats? No oily cats, but... That's good. That's a relief. Um, yeah, I had a, I had a very good weekend uh, catching up with people who I haven't seen in a while. And um, learning about the great city that we live in, Melbourne. Melbourne. As the Americans I, say. <laughs> See, I've always said Melbourne, and this is dark. Years and years ago, there was like an ISIS video that came out, and they threatened what? Madrid and Melbourne, okay? Why? <laughs> but they said, they said Melbourne, and that was the only thing that everyone latched on to. Like, pfft. You fucking idiot. You can't say Melbourne, right? <laughs> no, f- oh, no it's fear. bloody it's like, Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne. Melbourne. Get it right. <laughs> now, another thing you've been doing this weekend, and something we, we only briefly touched upon yesterday because we'll save it for this episode today, is um, Keelan, you're finally started playing Elden Ring. I broke you while filming the last episode yeah. and you bought it. Bought it on air. And yeah. I've been, that, it was, it was a world exclusive. Um, I've been waiting for you to play this game because. Look, I keep talking on and on about it, and I think it's quite a revolutionary game in many aspects, and I really want to get your take on it. So, Keelan, you've just started. 
How many hours can you can you put in? I'm at 15 hours now. Damn. Um, okay. I'm not playing the game a lot, mind you. Like I'm not playing every day. It's just that, like, and and this hasn't happened to me in. You're thinking about it every day, aren't you? Years. Oh, dude, I'm thinking about it like every waking moment of my day. But yep. Normally, I can't just sit there and play a game for like a block of like two hours. I can't do it. I just I just get antsy. I want to get up. I get bored or I get sleepy or something like that. There's just nothing that's engaging me that's pushing me forward. Every single time I've sat down to play Elden Ring, it's been for four plus hours. I literally <laughs> cannot stop. I can't stop. It's always just, oh, no, that's one. Actually, shit. I saw something on the horizon. I want to go check that out. Oh, shit. There's like this castle here now. I have to go and look into that. Absolutely. Fuck, I died in the castle. Now I need to figure out how to get my runes back. All right, this is going to be a new thing. And it just keeps rolling. It keeps rolling like that. Because you're never repeating the same thing. Like the last few games I've played, you know, a lot of t- put a lot of time into and played long four or five hour sessions of would have been like Horizon. You're generally doing the same thing over and over again. No, that's no dig on the game. Yeah. It's kind of what I wanted it's- from it. Um, Resident Evil Village. I put a, I had really long sessions of that, but again, Essentially, you're just going through slightly different corridors, looking at different sort of babies. Hmm. Um, Elden Ring, <laughs> it's a weird game. Elden Ring, every time I've played it, has been a completely different experience. I've done something completely different. Oh, so I'm about, I think I ticked over 70 hours today. Jeez. I, I still don't think I'm... Jesus Christ. I think I'm maybe a third way through the story itself. Hmm. Because I just keep exploring, I think I'm only halfway through the map. I'm seeing people posting stuff on social media. I'm just like, I don't know what you're doing, where you are, what that weapon is. I saw some weapon. It's like some sort of like big inflatable sausage covered in <laughs> wrestling belts. Um, the session I'm up to now is a, well, I'm about, I think I'm about halfway through it, is a castle and along its sort of walls, there are these weird dudes that look like two poached eggs on top of each other. They play trumpets. Mm, fantastic. Um, I love it. Which is really cool because the actual trumpet that they play goes with the music playing in the game. It actually, it's a really, really cool effect. And then they'll go off key when they notice you. I quite like that. Um, and these weird uh, egg testicles turn around and they blow magical bubbles out of their trumpets that kill you. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> Sounds about right. Sounds so, Keelan, give, give us your first few hours because we spoke uh, We spoke about this a few episodes ago. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to that, we are on Spotify and iTunes. Search for Story Mode, a video game podcast. Um, we heard that Simon got trapped in, in a stone cat cave. Um, also, later, credit to you, you did beat. Well I did done. Beat. I did beat. I did go in there and I kick went his back ass. the cat. And I mean, I was, I was obviously, I played more, more the games. So I was a few, fair few levels in front of you. Credit, like just seeing its its set of moves. Credit for doing that set of level. Well done, man. <laughs> really good effort. Bravo. Um, <laughs> Keelan, tell us about your first few hours in the game. That's the wonderful thing, like you were talking about before. I have not encountered this cat cave. I'm so keen to find it. That sounds great. I spent <laughs> the first few hours, hmm, just going through the the i guess the tutorial-esque stages i spent a lot of time there because i was kind of like in awe of the messages that people were leaving 
for one they're another. They're so good. So they I'm just are, kind of trying to like get my head around all of that and like understand how to use the system myself, how the summoning stuff works and all that kind of jazz. Like it was all really confusing. Um, I've played a Souls game before, but I've, I will admit this freely. I am absolutely shit house at them. I'm just, I don't have the patience. So that that's like a learned skill. So those first few hours, I just learned how to be patient by running head on into monsters that were appropriately leveled for me to kill and die against them. Um, <laughs> eventually, I got up to, um, it takes you to Margit and... Yeah, I started. I started trying that, and no, oh no, don't do that. Oh no, that was bad. I died about seven times, and I'm like, actually, you know what? I'm gonna leave this. I'm gonna go and do other things. So that's when that cycle kind of like started for me. I'm just slowly finding things to do, and then you see something else in the distance, and then you go to it, and you're like, oh, this is interesting. Um, I killed a boss in the bottom of the um, of one of these crypt type things, and then there was someone selling spells in the the room behind them as well some like famous witch that had been outcast from the magic oh, I, thing yes i know where you are you went to that castle near the lake probably yeah i don't yeah. know um it wasn't even it, a proper again, boss brain worms i know exactly where you are <laughs> it, it probably wasn't even it, it's like well it was a boss because it had a health bar down the bottom of the screen but it's just a regular enemy now now that i've gotten further on into the game that just that specific monster comes up as a regular ass enemy um and then i found myself underground and i was like oh no fuck this i'm not gonna do this this is way too high for me i spent like six hours in there just <laughs> hanging out and killing these spectral freaking wildebeest and their massive the, <laughs> their massive bows and their massive arrows absolutely ridiculous the amount of times that i died but apparently if you light all of the um what do you call them the shrines that are across that first section of the underground city um you get to go to a boss which is like this spectral um moose moose uh, like a skeletal spectral moose that can fly around and i was like oh man Wild. this is really weird so i went in there it summons you into this different room you go and you you fight this moose but when you go in normally it's this big massive orchestral loud music that's like pumping you up getting you scared but this was like slow and somber and sad and you kind of felt like oh man you shouldn't be killing this there's, thing. A, there's like a there's like a sad story behind this the game doesn't tell you the story, but you, you can feel that it's there from the process that you had to go through to kind of make it all happen, how you found the boss and eventually ended up summoning it and everything, the way it is all like laid out. It's got uh, it's got a really good sense of environmental storytelling and the use of music is so key. And I think that's when I realized like I'm going to be putting like 100 hours into this game. After I killed that boss, it was freaking awesome. So good. Yeah, this is a this is going to be a two hundred plus hour game for me. I yeah, I think that's. Case. I'm reacting to this game the way people first reacted to Skyrim when it first came out. That's I, exactly I bounced right. off Skyrim a little bit. Yeah, because I I just I wanted that sense of oh go there and there will be something interesting. I found Skyrim started to get a little bit repetitive. It just plus it bugged out. It was a bit too buggy for me. Yeah, it it kind of broke me. This is my Skyrim. Um, I I am 
infatuated with this game. This this is in my top five games ever already. Yep. That's a, that's, and as I keep going, it, it will go high, I reckon. That's such an apt description, Jesse. It is, it's exactly that. It's that sense of wonder and discovery. I haven't felt that in, oh, man, 10 years. Since, Easy. Yeah, since, since Skyrim. Since yeah. one of the editions of Skyrim yeah. that came out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, what, 60, 70 hours in. And, so, Keelan, you mentioned, you mentioned bosses. Um, one of my good friends I used to work with, Khaled. Hey, Khaled, if you're listening, what's up? Uh He's a massive Soulsborne fan. He's been kind of the main one berating me for not being good at Bloodborne and stuff like that, which cheers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've been keeping up to date with how much I'm loving Elden Ring. And he's, he's a fair bit in front of me. And I remember when I finally eventually beat Margaret. And Margaret was such a roadblock for me because I I actually didn't know where to go. You get to a sort of a little uh, campsite area. With a bunch of guards, and you take a left, and you'll sort of go up the path, and you'll eventually get to Margaret, who's actually you can get to pretty quickly from the start if you yeah. can get on Tyrant and run to it. Yeah, um, yeah. I went right though because I saw these big giants carting along this big cart behind it, and I, I needed to find the mystery of that. Then I found some sorcerers on that side, and then I went back around, and there were tree goblins and all these. I got into some mischief. Hmm. What I eventually found, um. Margaret, actually hitting my head against the wall. Could not, could not beat him. I would get him pretty low. Use the first summon, and I was using my spirit, my ashes of war, spirit ashes, whatever the hell they're called. Um, couldn't do it. So I went out, did some grinding. See, in this game, you don't even really grind. You just keep exploring, and you yeah. will get stronger. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I started to really understand sort of more of the mechanics and how I need to level up my my character and blah blah blah. Um, should be Margaret. And I'm like, hey, Carl, I beat the first boss. He's like, oh, which one? I said, he's like, that's not the first boss. <laughs> like, you, fuck, I hate this game so much. I hate this game so much, but I need to keep playing it. So there's like, there's like sub bosses and pseudo bosses and just some enemies decide to have a health bar sometimes. Um, I've run into some very bizarre bosses. The weirdest one was like this spectral knight. He's like a hammer or an axe or something. Something something big and unwieldy, and he's trying to absolutely throttle me, and you can't damage it. You keep hitting it, nothing happens. But I notice this glowing area in the corner. I was sort of being back in the corner. I hit something. There's a magical snail, okay? Yeah. Who, who is doing an enchantment to create this knight to fight you. You only have to hit the snail like three or four times and you win. You just have to find it because it's invisible. <laughs> Utterly bizarre. I, there's him. I've noticed that as well, Jesse. There's a lot of those like weird things where you, you'll only figure it out either through a somebody leaving a message to sort of hint at it, or just hitting or gesturing at things until something happens. It's nuts. But How do people find this like, shit out? I'm at the point where I've just let go of what my expectation something should be. So into a, I, I got to a castle. This, this is a while ago. Got to a castle and there's a turtle and there's a big turtle, big tortoise, sorry, wearing a pope hat. I'm like, okay, cool. Oh, yeah, yeah the, uh, the turtle pope. I turtle know pope. Didn't, didn't even flinch. Spoke to him. Okay, well done. You're a good bloke. You stay strong. I'll see you soon. I ran away. You, can, I, 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 you didn't even flinch. Just like, you yeah. can see him again later. Um, and turtle pope has his uses. I like, I'm, big, I'm a big fan of turtle pope. Um, and now I'm also getting to areas where I, I couldn't think you could get to because sometimes you see islands off in the distance and annoyingly, if you touch water too much, you'll die. 
Uh, I've now found routes there and portals getting there. I got the portal back to the start of the game so you can verse the Scion again and you can kill it and you can get the gold sword. I don't know what the weapons are called. What weapon are you using, Kills? I'm currently using, I forget what it's called, but it's a curved greatsword. I've upgraded it a fair bit, so it does a shit ton of damage, but it's pretty slow. I'm enjoying it. It's making me I'm be patient. To, I'm getting to the point in the game where, A, I wish I maybe spent more time working out exactly how to like parry and you know block and stuff. I don't use a shield now. I just use a big old axe at the end of a long stick. Mm. Um, I kind of want to start tilting towards magic a bit more. Because I've seen some of the builds that That's, people do, like some of the faith builds people do, and they're launching like these like spinning disc of light and shit. It's like, what is this game? And I've seen people who finish the game and they have their helmet is like a big like spectral globe. Oh, it's so good. I've, I saw a video today of somebody who basically turned themselves into a Terminator. They were impossible to kill. Like you couldn't hit them and they're constantly just launching ridiculously damaging spells like this is crazy and i love that you can do this for the same reason that i love that the the enchanting system in skyrim was so broken you could you could glitch it and you could just get enchantments that stack with other enchantments and you could just keep building on that to create something like absurd um this game is is so much deeper than i gave it credit for and i have not even touched that aspect of it at all there are a few times in the last few podcasts where I've mentioned this game and I'm like, wait till you play it and you'll get what I mean. And just in terms of it being different, like it just does things in a way that other games have never done before. You started, you started to get what I mean, right? Well, you remember what I said last week? I said that I wanted to cleanse my palate and get that like a nasty taste from the last, I guess, couple of games that I played out of my mouth. And Elden Ring has not just done that. It's like unlocked different taste areas of my my exactly. Palate, you know, like it's freaking awesome, dude. Also, sorry, just Simon. Mm. I've been looking at your camera. We've been having your drinks. You know who you really look like right now? With the, like, your hair is done perfectly for it, and your beard is the the wildling from um, Game of Thrones that falls in love with Brienne Tarth. Oh no, yeah. But sure. The the crazy redhead guy. Yeah. Do you reckon? He's awesome. He's kind like the of. best character. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, right. I'll take it. Sure. I'll take it. Yeah, there you go. It's a compliment. It's a compliment. compliment. <laughs> look, look, we so. spoke a lot there. I had, right. give, I had to give him something. Now, <laughs> speaking of magic and witches, that was okay. Um, hey, the like, Witcher wait. 4 has <laughs> been announced. Look, we knew the Witcher 4 was coming, but it's been... City Project Red kind of made the announcement of an announcement of an announcement. There's no trailer. There's not even a... F- we don't even know what to be called Witcher 4. We just know that this game that we knew would exist one day is now closer to existence than it was a week ago. Yeah. That's the best way to sum up these sort of announcements, I think. So we're going to reveal... All we really see is a medallion in the snow. Um, the medallion looks very cat-like, possibly a lynx, possibly... Uh, hinting towards the school of the cat, um, a school of, of uh, outcast witches from the Witcher lore. I'm going to say witch a lot in this, aren't I? Um, and the words, a new saga begins. Uh, this is, they're also going to be using Unreal Engine 5 
not their proprietary whatever the fuck it was called red engine, engine. red engine which yeah. um look they've had issues with um yeah, cyberpunk and stuff now we get into that too much um the turnaround for the game is actually for the last Witcher game was actually really quick. Uh, it took three and a half years to develop and about took about two years to release. Which, look, comparative to Cyberpunk, which took forty-seven years, mm. should have bad. taken longer. Still, should have taken longer. <laughs> yeah, fair call. Well, look, 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 let's jump straight into that. Their last release was a fucking mess. Okay, it almost tanked the company. <laughs> they were sued and. Just the public's perception of the company here has hit rock bottom. Uh, they have been able to claw back some goodwill. The game is in a much more playable state. Mm. Um, but when it takes, you know, a year after release to get it to a playable state, <clears throat> it wasn't great, was it? Mm. How do you guys feel? Do you think them going back to the well is something they know is, is going to help them? Do you think this new engine is going to help them? I think a new engine will definitely help because they've said that they're investing into their relationship with uh, Epic uh, to try and help with the development of this game, which will be good um, if it helps remove some of the crunch and some of the oversight uh, necessary for you know engine development, which obviously is a big factor for a lot of these games that use their own custom engines. Um, but I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I, I, I really just, I don't know. I want to be optimistic about this. But at the same time, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, shame on you. I'm just, I don't think people are ready to move past how bad Cyberpunk was at launch. I think people are, people are, mm, Anxious, uh, for lack of a better term. The, the moment the game comes out, though, if they launch well... Now, I mean, for memory, The Witcher 3 had a bit of a rocky release as well. It needed a fair few patches. It had a few launch it issues, but whatever happened. It ha- wasn't happens. terrible. It wasn't anything beyond the scale that, like, what we oh, no, normally no, 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 have no. nowadays, you know? No, no, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it is, but I think there will be murmurings of Cyberpunk until we see this game. I, I've got a feeling yeah, that the moment sure. we see this game, cool, sure. we're back to the old CD Projekt Red, we'll fear... We'll forget what Cyberpunk was for better or worse. I think mm. people will forget the awful crunch and some of the awful stories that came out of CD Projekt Red, which is awful. But look, unfortunately, the the way of this industry, um, yeah. these Just, things get forgotten. So, so, they shouldn't be, but they will be. I'm sorry to like break it to everyone, but like the changeover to Unreal Five is not going to remove the crunch because that's how CDPR no. develop games. They've said it before. That's how we make games. That's it. Um, that's the same thing as, you know, like Bioware Magic. And oh, all my God. Fuck there, off. There were you, funny. euphemisms for all of these things in the games industry. That's how the games industry is. I it's don't funny think it's you bring that change. up. I was listening to um, uh, the Kind of Funny Games cast uh, yesterday when they were talking about The Witcher. And uh, Tim Gates brought up a really good point. Remember years ago, it was City Project Red. Bethesda and Bioware. They were your three students you go for if you want a good narrative driven. Mm. They're the good guys. They're the, the, you know, they're the teams you want to work for. And that has just collapsed in the last few years. Again. Mm-hmm. And I I I was I've been guilty of this in the past. You know, I, I thought like Naughty Dog, I, they make some of my favorite games. Fantastic. What a what a place to work at. You every place is shit. <laughs> Except Insomniac, I mean, but anyway. 
<laughs> but, but like, see, no, that's the thing. Because I could go back to the episode leading up to Cyberpunk coming out when we're just like, oh, CD Projekt Red, they'll get it right. Of course they'll get it right. I hope nothing comes out of Insomniac. I won't be shocked. The studio that made Ori. Ori is the cutest fucking game on earth. <laughs> nah, but the guy's a monster. Oh, yeah. So but just hey, don't, don't, it's not really don't meet your heroes. Don't trust anyone. <laughs> Look, there, yeah. there is That's the lesson. There is no ethical consumption under capitalism. Just end of story, you know. Doesn't matter what it is, what media it is, whether it's you, whether it's not even media, whether it's you know food. Like none of it is <laughs> ethical by any measure. Um, but if you don't care about ethics and you want to be part of that. Uh, cycle of consumerism we are on patreon to search for fan critical and chuck a couple bucks our way get, a, get access to a bunch of bonus content <laughs> sorry Fuck simon you know, you're 100 right but like just to go to go back though cyberpunk was a terrible technical release there was oh, so yes. much wrong with that game. So moving to Unreal Engine 5 is the absolute best thing they could do because they have uh, support and documented like history of mm, games of yeah. the scale that they like to release being released on that, that platform. So what that says to they me can- is that they will now at least have time to work on the things that they that they do best, which is narrative which is writing stories about interesting realistic characters um and that's what i want to see more of that's that's what i want them to hone in on um and i want that the technical stuff to be you want you want the technical aspect of the game to be something that you you never think about yeah you don't you don't want it to be a barrier to your entry you don't want to perceive it um other than maybe going like oh geez this game's really pretty that's it. That's where mm. you want it to end. And I'm hoping that Unreal Engine 5 can enable that. And look, we've already seen the, the technical trailers of Unreal Engine 5. It is insane. It, it was is. that breakdown where with that woman going through the canyon that had like the yeah, whole like, yeah. nanite technology and every triangle is a square or whatever the fuck it meant. Whatever. <laughs> I didn't really pay much attention to that whole part. Um, but out, I wouldn't I be think. surprised if over the next few months uh, we see CD Projekt Red poaching a lot of talent from other studios because they their in-house talent will be really across Red Engine. They need people who are, who are across Unreal Engine 4. And I looked mm. a little bit more into into 5. And I mean, Unreal Engine as a whole, you can get via the Epic Store. It isn't yeah. Yeah, yeah, made yeah. for yeah. users. It is apparently extremely user-friendly. I've always yeah. wanted to kind of dip my toe into it, um, but I'm an idiot. So yes, I'll true. probably break it. It's easier uh, than you think. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> to do the basics at least. Yeah, yeah. But. Well, okay. So we know this game's going to be impossibly pretty. Um, and if if CD Projekt Red can get back to the old magic, the narrative's going to be spectacular. However, they do say this is the end of the saga. Do we all agree this is the end of the Geralt saga? Yeah, Geralt's gone. Like, yeah, 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 it's, yeah, done. Yeah, it's done. Geralt's done. He's Good. done. I'm glad we all agree with that. What? I mean, Keelan, you're, you're probably our Witcher expert here. The Lynx medallion. Do you think this is a school of the cat? Has it been, that been confirmed yet? It hasn't no. been confirmed, but like, I mean, that is such a strong, obvious hint. Like, it's pretty much a, a done deal already. Uh, Where do you think that would lead us narratively? I'm expecting it to be some sort of like prequel, something that happened mm. uh, a couple hundred years before the events of The Witcher 3. 
So um, I don't know anything about the the lore from the novels of the the Witcher series, but I presume it is very rich and detailed. Um, surely there's something inside there that. that they can they can tell a story about that, and then as they did with The Witcher Three, just expand upon that and build out little stories around that main narrative as well. That's what I want to see. Do you think now that Geralt's done dusted with, um, probably, do you think we'll get another main character, like a main protagonist, or are we going to create our own character here? I mean, that was a massive part of Cyberpunk, and that's actually probably a part that stuck really well with people is creating your own character and their story. I kind of hope they bring some of the lessons from Cyberpunk over to The Witcher 4, and that would be a really cool thing. You'd have to have your side characters, like, you know, your, your series and such, who sort of ground the story. But I, I would love if you're your own character. I mean, why not? Well, the thing is, right, so the the amulet that's shown is like the, the lynx head, the, the cat head. Um, and as you said, that sort of links back to the... Uh, uh, that was a pun. Yeah, that was good. Uh, <laughs> that was pretty freaking good. Don't steal puns in my thing. Fuck no, you. I will fight you. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, or yeah, so it could be the school of the cat, which is one thing. Um, however, of note is that Siri does actually have one of those medallions, um, because she takes it off of a bounty hunter that tries to kill her. Um, so in the Witcher three, she's actually wearing, um, a medallion pretty similar to that. So it could actually follow Siri after the events of the witcher three and could be focused on her and the rest of her story because she's she's a very she's a very interesting character though like she's essentially if you had a medieval superman that would be almost siri but but in there is your problem exactly we just spoke about how how hard a superman game would be to make i love that and i hate that yeah like when it when the witcher came out what 2015 yeah 2015 since then the the, i I think a, a big factor that will play into the next game is actually the netflix series because there are a bunch of people who never played wild hunt never read the books never played the old games but are witcher fans because henry cavill He's a spunk. He's, okay? a, he's a he's a babe. He's a big hunk of man. And they watch it for that and other reasons, I'm sure. Um, but now they are going to be more interested in a Witcher game that comes out in the future. I think this needs to be fresh. This needs to be almost a, not a reboot, but you can't. I, I wouldn't want to carry characters over from the old games um, or the show. Yeah, adds too much weight and complexity to it. Start fresh. I think they, these characters will be mentioned in some respect, but I think we're going to have a real f- whole fresh slate. I think this is going to this won't be called the Witcher four. This will just be called the Witcher. Uh, I don't know. They, I think they're starting fresh. I, th- I think it will be the Witcher subtitle. I don't think it will be the odd name, which is subtitle like number uh, thing. Or- <laughs> uh, well, no. cause if you think about like, um, as a comparison, I guess monster hunter world, technically speaking, that's monster hunter five, but in an effort to try and appeal to a much wider audience, they just named it monster hunter world. Instead. But like, that wasn't so, a, a soft reboot of sorts, was it? Cause you still had, uh, no, but why would um, this, why would this be a soft? Oh, no, this is, this a hundred percent will be. I reckon. I, 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 I think there would no doubt, no doubt in my mind. New engine, whole new um, player base for it. It's been long enough to do a soft reboot of it. They're getting rid, rid of the old characters. New saga. I think this would be one thing. Very, very fresh. One thing I am curious about in all of this is um, 
the person, the, the guy who created The Witcher, um, I forget his name, but the author of the first Henry book. Cavill. He wrote it himself. Sapolsky? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's something it. like that. I can't, I can't ever remember his name. But um, he actually went on record to say that he really regrets giving CDPR mm. the license to create The Witcher video games. Like, really regrets it. Yeah, he didn't realize. He thought it was going to stay like a... Uh, small euro jank title that would never make a lot yeah, of money like, like a niche look, little thing look but. in the same way that the tolkien family weren't happy that all the lord of the rings were made get stuffed that was a <laughs> bad <laughs> business decision bro sorry yeah, yeah these yeah, like, that's what happens i'm yeah, sorry that, buddy that, that's a new book but, but it's, no, start, it's just start funny. your own new saga okay yeah. <laughs> But it's just, it's just kind of funny to me because obviously he's like massively approves of the Netflix series, which um, I actually finished watching earlier this week. Um, is, watched, is season two any good? It's hit and miss. Yeah. It, okay. Um, is there more hit and miss than season one, which I found hit and miss? I loved season one. I found season two hit and miss, but I found the highs were a bit higher in season two. Ooh, okay. Um, the the ending feels like it kind of comes it feels like it's come out of nowhere until right yes. at the end where everything sort of collates in like well that's one, how i felt about season one season thing. one i the last episode of season one sucked i hated it and that weird episode that felt like an episode of merlin the dragon with the dragon one. yeah my the god dragon. was so bad what like, was that? the fact that i remember i remember that as its own thing anyway i loved the dragon now, episode because i thought it was so goofy but that's it <laughs> Wild Hunt came out 2015. Since then, and that that was a massive open world. It did a lot of things very different. It was sort of it was a, it was a milestone game. Like it, this is a a point of reference in gaming. But since then, we've had two. We've had Breath of the Wild, and now we've got Elden Ring. And this game is going to be heavily, heavily influenced by both those titles. What are some elements you want? brought over from those existing titles or just new elements you want in this game? Oh, that I, want, a- I want a magic system like the Breath of the Wild runes. Just, and by that I mean like, I find in my very limited playtime of The Witcher 1 and The Witcher 3, I find sometimes the magic system is a bit weird to me. Like, it doesn't add up in my brain. Whereas in um, Breath of the Wild, you've got a dedicated icon. You've got your four buttons. You press those buttons. You activate those those runes, those, that, that, ma- that magic, essentially. Something, I guess, consistent and easy would make it way easier for me to understand. I'm like, okay, yeah, cool. I get that. That makes sense to me now. Um as opposed like to more, more less scope, more depth. Yeah. So focus on a focus on like four elements and exactly. just let us tailor those. It. Don't give us because like I mean, there's so many things in Witcher three. I didn't fuck with crafting. I never really. I never messed around with the rune, like the weapon runes and stuff like that. I found to be honest, the combat in the Witcher three Wild Hunt was shit. That's that's my point, Jesse. There's two things that I want from a new Witcher game. The first one is an improvement in combat, like you just said. Um, CD Projekt Red showed that they can do decent first-person combat. They've never done that before. Cyberpunk wasn't bad when it worked properly. The, when it worked. The actual combat, um, considering the fact that it was a role-playing game. Fallout 4 tried to pull that same thing on us in 2015 and say, are we? have shooting that's inspired by Destiny. It was shit. 
It was terrible. Yeah. Uh, 2077 did okay with that. So I reckon they might be able to pull something out of their hat. But the most important thing for me, after Cyberpunk, after The Witcher 3, UI. They're bad mm. at making UIs. It's, yeah. It's yeah. overwhelming. It's like bad. And it is just so, oh, it's gross. There's too much happening and it's really difficult to see the information that's important to you. You have to go. I feel very hypocritical stuff. agreeing with you then, but also being like, oh, there's an Elden Ring after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But, Even the menu, the challenging in that game. But yeah. seriously, there's, there's something with a game like Elden Ring, you can kind of like look past some of the lesser flaws. But when you are going in and out of the menu so often, like you are in a game like Cyberpunk or The Witcher, um, it, it, it's a roadblock to you enjoying the rest of the game. So I really want them to work on that. And I think they're in a good place to do so, having learned a bunch of lessons off of Cyberpunk specifically. The biggest thing I want from this game, and this is something I'm going to say for the foreseeable future about almost every game released, okay? Every single open world game is I want the Elden Ring freedom. So some games, if you're a dog, you know, getting walked down the path, sometimes you get walked on a leash through a park, and it's like, oh, it's open world, but you kind of still have to follow a path. You're still being dragged along by the story. Whereas Elden Ring is the first game that probably let you off the leash and you've run around. Mm. I would love that from The Witcher because you're, you're, you're a mercenary. I mean, if you're still playing as a Witcher, you're basically a mercenary. It makes sense to go around and explore things and for the story to evolve on its own. Whereas yeah. in the other games, you still have your points, you know, your, your checkpoints and, you know, points of interest and go here, go do this, blah, blah, blah. I want just areas you can go in. I want stories that you could possibly miss. So then we could all talk to each other. You know, you talk to your friends. When you, you go, oh, did like, you come across that, um, yeah. you know, the amputee who wanted you to get revenge on that swamp monster that ate his leg? Like, go, I, I no. went back and I fought that cat monster after you told me about it in, in Elden Ring. So yeah. I'm going to go fight the sad moose tonight. And like, this is what keeps <laughs> the game interesting. Um, I, I would really, really like that from The Witcher, especially if they go into the whole path of creating your own character, you should be able to sort of create your own story. There's no point creating your own character and then everyone doing the same thing because everyone's following the same you know, narrative route. Let me go and do my own thing. I want to be that Witcher. They are, they are me. So let them do some dumb shit. That's all I want from it is more freedom. And then you can have, like, we, we all agree, the Red Baron story in Wild Hunt phenomenal that little saga is one of my favorite parts of a narratively in a game i i, I think that story is actually really, really tight it's memorable it has a weird baby you fight the baby i'm always up fighting a baby because normally i fight that i would win <laughs> imagine the, many, like little but- stories like that littered across the map without much depth if you choose to go into them and they they kind of cross over a bit more i would i, I can't believe you chose to fight the baby Jesus, man. What's wrong with you? Because I'd win. I'd fight a baby in real life. Well, there aren't many fights you'd win, d- but one against a baby I need more dubs on the board, man. Fortnite no longer has the fort part in it, so there you go. There's your I'm, opportunity. It's so good. Yeah, also, speaking, we were speaking about Epic before. Good on you, Epic, and, and, and Fortnite players um, donated, what, $35 million to Ukrainian relief efforts? Good on you. Okay, good work, and apparently... Uh, the the uh, the building aspect of Fortnite, they're going to split it out. There's going to be a building mode and a non-building mode. 
So old people like Permanent. like our, like us who have no Twitch reflexes, twitch.tv forward slash Stormboard AUS, can play Fortnite and not worry about it. Actually have fun with it because it's not it, it's a pretty fucking solid game. Anyway, I digress. You what do. I'm saying is I want Geralt in Fortnite. No. Hell um, yeah. <laughs> hell's yeah, buddy. What, what I do want though in the new Witcher game is, I don't know, like I, I feel like a proper... D- a proper in-depth look at some of the background lore. So in the Witcher franchise, there are these things called conjunctions where these spheres, so basically these different dimensions, intertwine a little bit, and that's how these monsters have come to exist. (gasps) The Witcher rift apart. (laughs) But, you know... Into the Witcherverse. (laughs) Fucking hell. Um, (laughs) But, you know, like that's where half of these terrible... fiendish demons and monsters and stuff have come from is from you know the conjunctions that have happened so set one of the games during a conjunction whilst all of these brand new monsters are invading the world be like you don't know how to deal with this no one's literally no one has ever come across this creature before figure it out good fucking luck there are no bestiary notes about how what it's weak you are like you i love about that the little bit of Monster Hunter you put into there. Yeah. And I'm a big, big fan of that. There's a big like Elder Dragon kind of thing coming in. Like, yep. okay, all right, I can play that. No no one's but ever thought that sorry. before. You just go, fuck it. <laughs> you did kind of lose me with the whole... As as I, sorry, I lost myself when I said Into the, into the Witcherverse because I just imagine, you know, you wake up in like a, a junkyard and Keanu Reeves and there's Johnny Silverhands, you know, standing over you. Like, <laughs> oh, no, not again. <laughs> wake the fuck up, Witcher. We got a baby to kill. <laughs> and you fight the Red Baron's baby again. Sorry, it wasn't a baby as well. It was a botchling. Okay? Botchling, yes. They they botched that one up. <laughs> yeah, now, speaking of something that they didn't botch up, the Halo TV series premiered last Thursday on Paramount Plus. Everyone's most forgotten about streaming service. They've had one good show, and that was Dexter. Well, um, look, I'm going to be honest. Um, I still don't have a Paramount Plus subscription. I don't support that. But anyway. I put on a anyway. and an eye patch. And say so what to make the same joke. See, he made that joke last week and it didn't land either. See, I tried, yeah, to, I tried to save him then. Yeah, yeah. it's too late. He's he on jumped a boat. Onto the po- yeah, You're not going to land a boat, are you? Oh. Yeah, it's a terrible Touché. idea. Touche. Touche. This, this, this is why you don't play Sea of Thieves because you're terrible at it. You keep trying to put the boats on land. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. <laughs> Look, the Halo TV series, after years of development hell and angry fans and Steven Spielberg, um, finally premiered last week. Now, we've spoken about Halo a lot in the past, I mean, with Halo coming and going, basically. Mm. <laughs> Remember Halo Infinite, guys? Um, but as I said before, Keelan's the Halo expert. I'm probably about. 30% of the way there, say that, and Simon's probably about 10. Mm, so we've got some different levels of attention. You know who Master, Ch- Master Chef is. Yeah. He's a great cook. Um, John Halo. <laughs> now- That's his name, right? This show, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be it's a, it's a nine-part <laughs> series. I only knew that his- I only found out his name was John watching this, and I was sickened. His yeah, name should be jo- like, what, oh, John. Come on, John, really, John? come on. Anyway. Um- <laughs> So Baron Plus has come out and said that it is its most watched series premiere of all time in the US and internationally. So fucking well done to it. Mm. Now it has got a few mixed reviews online. 
I'm very, very keen to he- kind of go around the room and hear everyone's thoughts on it. Um, Keelan, we'll start with you being the, the Halo expert. Hmm. Okay. What did you think of Halo the series? Uh, this this shouldn't have been good. It it shouldn't have been good. <laughs> but it it isn't bad. Like I, I I don't have a lot bad to say about it. There's some sort of like pacing issues here and there with that first mm. episode. But they did something which I was not expecting at all. They are not even attempting to restart retell the story of oh, any other games. Perfect. Absolute yeah. masterstroke yeah. and the best thing they could possibly do. I'm going to jump in here because we spoke about this earlier, okay? Yeah. I just want to just lay down this as framework, I guess, for what I think any any sort of retelling of a video game narrative needs to be. It needs to be this. You take it as inspiration. You take characters and you put them in slightly different situations because if I wanted to hear that story again, I would play the game again. If you you can now you can dwell too far from the path, Simon Monster Hunter they they went way too far off that path and it right. fucked up. You I'm can stick way too close to it and you can make the latest Resident Evil film, which didn't work. The way a game tells a narrative and the way a TV show or a yes. movie or whatever tells an narrative is completely yeah. different. You cannot, it is not a one for one thing. Gamers, before you get angry online and downvote everything because you're angry that, oh, I don't get to watch the story that I've already watched before, go back and play that goddamn game again. <laughs> it's still there. It hasn't gone anywhere. You- Chill. You, this is being made for a wider audience. You cannot take the story of the first Halo, the second, or the third. In fact, they're all like they're telling one story, really. They're just continuation. Yeah. You can't take that and translate that into a TV show because it is boring as shit. Yeah. Like one whole episode of <laughs> Go to Ship. Okay. Now in the game, that's great because you're fighting. Can yep. you imagine that Shoot aliens. library? Yeah, okay. Go through the library. There's a lot of corridors in here. <laughs> All right. Discover zombies. Shoot zombies. Like, how, how are you going to translate that to a series? And the thing is, there is so much interesting backstory for all of these characters that isn't really explored in the games. Like, I, I've mentioned this to you guys before. The, the backstory of the Spartan 2 program is that they kidnapped these children from their parents when they were very young. They subjected them to all sorts of, like, tests and augmentations, physical and um, chemical and mental. They basically tortured them and they replaced the kids with clones of the kids who were um, engineered to die in, like, maybe six months after they had been replaced like it's a it's a fucked up story like this is like a like a eugenics program that Catherine Halsey Jesus. put together um and it, it's never really captured in any of the games it's captured in other media in the books for instance um and some of the the, the other media around halo um there was a an animated show that did that really well also um, and that animated show succeeded because it didn't try to tell the story of the game. It told a separate story with the characters and the world that is established in the game. Um, and it used those to craft a compelling narrative. I think this is doing the same. And on top of all of that, it is visually spectacular. It is really nice looking. It's a, it, I was surprised by this. I was mm. also surprised. I was expecting it to be a little bit janky. And in some regards, I, it kind of is. It had moments. Yeah, there were some moments. Say, I There's actually kind of disagree. Somebody throws a gun on the ground and they just didn't render it properly. Yeah. It's not mm. some it of the aliens. It was kind of a square rectangle Some thing. of the aliens look a bit like 
just a little bit off. But then you have the scene but, where... I mean, look, TV show budget. Yeah, what do you want? That's true. That's I, true. I, I actually think that they've they've spent a lot more than a regular TV show on, on these uh, episodes. But if, if for every scene where you have those weird janky aliens, you have the scene where um, the other Spartans, part of, uh, is it Silver Team? Silver, where, Silver where, Team, Where yeah. they get, where the, um, the guy gets his um, armor pieces put on him in that mechanism thing. And it's that <gasps> was cool. Yeah. That was awesome. That was cool. I love the little nods to the game though. Like again, I'm not, I haven't played much of the game, but look, we'll go through the narrative of the first episode. Obviously we're going to spoil the first episode. Look, whatever. Here's a spoiler um, warning. But we'll go, we'll go through the narrative and stuff, and stuff soon. But there are little moments of gameplay, like recognizable sounds when one of them gets their armor um, depleted yep. and you hear the, the, the warning the, and you hear the refill. I'm like, oh, it's like being, it's like losing in multiplayer again. Yeah. <laughs> I know this sound. Yeah, Simon, what, what, what were your sort of broad notes on, on the uh, on the show before we get to the narrative? Broad notes, um, generally speaking, I thought it was fun. I did feel like it dragged a little bit, especially towards sort of like the last 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, I was like, what the fuck? How do I still have 15 minutes of this left? Like, I feel like this should be a wrap, but mm, whatever. Um. And yeah, I feel like there was quite a few moments where the CGI was really janky, um, like really kind of uh, almost stilted, for lack of a better term. I, I, I kind of feel like our perception of good TV CGI has been warped by Disney+. Plus. I don't have Disney+. You haven't seen the Marvel TV series? No. Really? Oh, wow. oh, yeah, dude, that is top tier. But dude, just to swing back again, you enjoyed the dragon episode of The Witcher, and that is some of the shittiest CG I've seen in a long <laughs> I, time. No, no, dude. I, yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it because Merlin it was so goofy. Like it was, it was stupidly goofy, oh. and I, I just sort of enjoyed that as almost like a bit of a reprieve from everything yeah. else that was going on in Fair the first point. season of The Witcher. Yeah. Whereas for the first episode, I'm really trying to get involved and invested in this, and I really like the way. Like, it starts off. It starts off in, in a very good, grounded manner before everything starts going weird. But, yeah, there was there was a couple moments which I was like, mm, okay, that looked really weird. That looks a bit janky, whatever. Not, not a huge deal. But it just took me out of it for a moment. There was, however, one thing I do want to bring up because I think it was a little bit after, the, like, the half, like, 30 hour, 30 hour? 30 minute mark. Um, <laughs> 30 hour mark. I'm watching something totally different. Um... <laughs> I heard some, like I heard in the background, just just some of the background chatter. Someone was like, "Okay, Commander Shepard, you are clear to land." I heard that. Yeah, <gasps> I was nice. like, "Ah, oh, you cheeky, cheeky, bastards!" <laughs> but, see, everyone's angry now. Oh, it's not the game. It's not the game. He puts a mass effect in there. Wouldn't they be fucking happy, aren't they? <laughs> Don't be like the game. Mix them. Yay! It's like Infinity War all over again. But <laughs> no, like most, like. Uh, general cgi criticisms aside overall i thought it was really fun like just good it was just good i didn't think it was great i didn't think it was bad it was just good the, uh, this is what episode 108 a summary video game podcast this show may be is, is up there as the one thing we've all agreed upon because i actually like this I, I i got major battle psychoactive vibes from it mm. where it was the the intrigue behind what was happening that really 
got me in. And look, the action was fine. The action was actually quite impressive at the start, and we'll get, mm. we'll get through that. Um, a lot more gory than I expected. Oh, Christ, yeah. <gasps> oh, boy. Well, we'll get, look, okay, let's, let's dive into it. I'm going to try, and I'm going to need everyone's help, to recount the narrative from the top of my head. Well, I only to watched extent, it earlier today, so. Well, so did I. So it's going to be a very watered-down version without many names being thrown in, okay? So we go to what's the Mar- Mar- Madrigal? <laughs> what's the planet called? Madrigal. Them. Doesn't yeah. really matter. Mars. There's a little <laughs> little township there with some sort of some sort of leader who likes himself a machine gun. Um, they're talking about Spartans, and you know Spartans are bad. They can't be killed. You know, fighting one Spartan is like fighting a hundred regular soldiers. Oh. They are these like mythical. For context as well, the, the like the mining water on that town. Like that's that's not content. You know that they've got machine guns, baby. <laughs> now there are some kids who run off to the forest to smoke nuts. <laughs> that's yeah. what I kind of got from that. Now this is the, the point mushrooms. where I got worried about this show because it very much looked like the show Merlin. They had this slightly like medieval garb on. It was a little bit oversaturated. The angles were very cheap TV. I'm like, oh shit. Shit. And especially when she runs off and there's a cave, I'm like, oh, there's going to be a fucking talking dragon in there or something. Anyway, she <laughs> runs up. Oh, this, this is like the leader of this township's daughter. Runs up the hill, see this a ship over the edge of a cliff. Come back, says, hey, everyone run. There's some shit happening there. I don't know what it is. Let's go. Too late. Shots are fired from what are the bad guys called again? The Covenant. 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 Um, and this is where you first see the level of gore the show is going to show. You see a guy, a, a kid, really, like a teenager's head pop right off. Um, another one running away gets their legs shut off, and while they're screaming on the ground, get blown up. It was jarring. <laughs> I did not expect this at all. Um, the the daughter runs back to town. Hey, everyone, shit's happening. Get the guns. Get on the on 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 the guns. I guess. Dad's like, yeah, go go hide in this cave or this door in, or this in cupboard or whatever. In the vault. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll wait. This scene was actually really cool because it's quite tense because you, you see it all from kind of the leader of this township's perspective. And it was a really cool moment when everyone up on the walls saw the covenant coming first and they all start firing. Yeah. And you still don't know what's coming. Yeah. I, I thought that was a really well done shot. They blow up, door blows open. All the aliens come through, you know, hijinks and spirit. These guys are walking around. They're using laser swords, cutting people. There's some sort of like coward character who was there for 40 seconds. He gets stabbed. People getting shot up. Obviously, the township's not really uh, doing, faring very well. They've just got machine guns and stuff. Um, the dad is in some sort of a car accident. The car flips on him. And the like, oh, no, Papa Bear. And she runs out to go save him. Shortly after the vault door is blown open and every man, woman, and child hiding in there is butchered. Oh, yeah. I did not expect that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a lot. Anyway, that all happens. And then we see a ship, a dropship come over and one lone Spartan. I thought it was going to be, I thought it was just going to be Master Chief, to be honest. But you see one lone Spartan drop down and he just starts clearing shop. He is murdering Covenant, hanging on shots to the face, blowing heads off. It is a badass. He's flipping. He's doing all sorts of moves. And then you see the rest of uh, Silver Team, Silver Crew, Silver, yeah, the Silver, Silver Boys. Team. They come through. They've got snipers. They go blah, blah, blah. They clear out the town. 
Um, and what what did you guys think of the action in that? Yeah, you know, I've come to expect a lot. You're right, Jesse. I've been just stuck in thought thinking about those, those Disney TV shows and how <laughs> high quality the like the choreography, the fight scenes, and the way that it's filmed is. Um, I've come to spe- expect a lot from it. And um, I think Halo fell a little bit short from those heights, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't too far short, though. No. I think if, if you compare this to not Disney money. Yeah. It's pretty up there. I was, I was really impressed with the, the choreography. And look, there wasn't much action in this episode. Really, this is the action point. That is There's yeah, no yeah. more action there was, in the episode. That was the fight scene, yeah. Yeah, I didn't yeah. mind. They didn't go too over the top with it. It makes yeah. you want more. Exactly. So it makes, you know it will build to like some big battle episodes and you want that now. Mm. It um, was one of those things though that I found um, look, overall great, but that's where I found the most jank with the CGI. Yeah. And, like, You're always going to in those that's scenes, the thing. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I totally Same accept so. that. That's sort of a limitation, really. Um, but... Yeah, there was some really cool things. Like um, when that one um, member of Silver Team gets pinned down by like four of the Covenant and is like, Chief, I need some, some you know, covering fire. And he's like, yeah, right. And then tries with his guns. Oh, this isn't doing shit. And he's like, hold it just for a second. And then gets the fucking... He gets the mini gun, gun picks yeah. it up. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. man, like, that was good. That was cool. I like that. I really appreciate that. That was just um, a cool little moment. Speaking <laughs> of Janky, though, whenever he jumped yeah. and did his, like, big jump, that looked really weird. You could almost that see was, the wires. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was bizarre. Yeah, um, one of my big issues. But again, I mean, even if you look at shows like Mandalorian, when uh, Mando uses his jetpack, it looks shit. It just doesn't look right. Not great, yeah. Anyway, so you clear out the town. Um... The daughter almost gets shot. Uh, an elite grunt coming towards the uh, master chief shoots him in the head. Hey, you know we should be friends here, but maybe we won't be. Uh, the Spartans then go to the cave near where that little girl saw the ships coming. They go in there and they find a thing. Keelan, what is this thing? It's some type of artifact. They think some sort of artifact. The UNSC master chief's boss thinks it's a covenant artifact. But who knows, really? That's a knows. mystery yet to be revealed. Um, Master Chief, or as we know, John, touches John. this thing and he gets John some Master flashbacks of a, of, a, of a dog of a d- and a lady. Yeah. And that's somehow enough to sort of check, be like, hmm, war is hell. <laughs> I'm out of this <laughs> game. Um, they are ordered to bring this artifact back to UNSC headquarters and they also bring the girl whose name's uh, Quan, I think. Uh, on, yeah. And she's sort of, a, sort of a prisoner. Anyway, we get a few shots from UNSC. We see Halsey being questioned. Whenever I, whenever I heard her name, I thought of Halsey the singer, um, which made the show even better because Halsey's fantastic. Uh, she's in question. Oh, you're a little bit dodgy, but oh, maybe you're like maybe you're like Doctor Frankenstein kind of. Oh, what the world's what's going on here? That doesn't really matter. Uh, ships coming back. Master Chief's having some. Uh, doubts about everything he who he wants to know what those visions were um unsc is like more that he's going to get his retained memories he's going to get his memories back they say do not touch the artifact um and go eliminate the girl they're going to use the girl as some sort of like political pawn to to trick other um communities into think the unsc was good now this Ooh, part good, confused yeah. me here 
because they hadn't established that they weren't at this point. They hadn't done a very good job to be like, hey, the UNSC is sort of uh, the empire here. They are uh, sort of an invading force in a lot of places. They are not the good guys. I think they are, they are, they are oppressive to an extent. It, it wasn't bounced out. Like, yeah, when I, I, I think that girl was saved by Master Chief. Mm. And then it was like, fuck you guys. I'm not doing this. I'm not going to help you guys. And I was like, that's a bit. No, well, they they explained it at the start, the very start yeah. of the episode. That Just entire town, well. that entire town not made well. it very clear. <laughs> fuck the UNSC. That was yeah. like the, the, the there whole was no, vibe. There, there was no reason for it. There was a few lines said because that, that whole speech they gave at the start was more about how strong the Spartans are. Yeah, it yeah, didn't actually explain the what the UNSC is doing. Yeah, I just thought these Spartans were like legendary warriors that like like they're the Jedi basically. Mm. They are they are good. They are forces for good. And if they come along, you know, you haven't seen anyone fight like them. They fight like animals. It never really said they're the oppressors. Yeah. It, it, no, it didn't I, land that punch. I, in I, me. I really th- I I got that message loud and clear. When yeah, I, okay, I didn't. <laughs> See, okay, from from my perspective, as uh, <laughs> probably the least involved in the Halo lore, um, I got the I got the gist of it. It was hinted at relatively well, I think, but it wasn't stated. Maybe perhaps as obviously as it could have been. It could it could have been um, like because because we get later on in the episode that. You know, oh, we've like I've met you before, Master Chief, and you murdered my mother. Blah blah blah. Mm. Um, like that could have been established, I think, a little bit better. Perhaps there could have been a conversation between um, the like town leader and the daughter, and being like, "I can't lose you." You know, not after they took your mother away from me. Something like that. Something, something to show I, that they I are. I completely agree. You know, killing people for their vision of peace, but- which. See, that's no, the no, thing. No. I think both characters' turns were too quick because he turns being like he sees two flashes of possibly his past. Could have just been a vision. It could have been whatever. Um, and he's at questioning his role within sort of the the military machine that is the UNSC. Whereas she went from, oh, cool, they've saved me here because being that that elite was going to kill her, and then. Just be like, no, I hate you. Like, if I could, I would kill everyone on this ship. It wasn't established well. I, I, I didn't, I didn't buy that very well, very much. What I, are you going to say? I really understand entirely how they did that. That like it, it worked. And like I said to you earlier, Jesse, I actually watched it twice because I fell asleep with the first time I watched it because I was exhausted. Um, so <laughs> it, yeah, it, it really was clear to me in the first watch. They don't like the UNSC for whatever reason. They haven't given a reason yet that will come, I'm, I presume. Um, the UNSC came in not with the intention of saving the town because they didn't do that. They didn't bother to do no. that. Their actions spoke through that. They came to kill the Covenant, which is what they did. The uh, The side effect of that, of that was saving that girl. So she's like, all right, well, whatever, still fuck you guys. That you didn't come here to help me, you came here to get whatever the fuck they they had there. The other thing is, when setting up the UNSC as the oppressor and the villain, you need to remember that later down in in that in the show, uh, Jacob Keys, Captain Jacob Keys, is speaking to uh, his daughter Miranda Keys, I think, and he's yeah, telling yeah. her about the order that has come down to kill Quan. And yeah. yes, both but of them sit there is- in that that really uncomfortable phase like i have to follow orders because i literally cannot 
say no to this. So it's setting it yeah, up as, so- as, as something that is in shades of gray. So there's, there's good perspectives and bad. I agree with that. That's what I'm saying. That was out of order. Because her Quan's turn and getting angry came way, way before that. If we had that speech beforehand, like, okay, cool. If there was a moment on the planet where it was super clear that, hey, they are just here to kill the Covenant. Say a Covenant, like an elite, has like somebody at gunpoint and part of the Silver Team kills both the yeah, like person, shoot, the town person through the human. Kind of like it doesn't government. matter. But everyone else no, is just I, collateral here. It doesn't I, I, matter. I think that you're creating a completely different type of character then, because you remember those anyway, those anyway, Spartans. You need to move. you need to generate sympathy for the Spartans. So if you do that, you are removing that. You can't yeah. I, anyway, let's move along. Let's move along. Um. So they have Quan and uh, Master start talking a little bit on the ship. Um. And he, he's kind of like hyper focused on this artifact. They, you want to see, want to like bring him in, find out like what's going on with him because he's being a little bit off. He's not quite following orders the way he should be. Mm. Um, and he's meant to be, you know, basically a robot at the stage. They give him the orders to kill Quan, doesn't do it. He turns the cameras off and, and he tries to steal away, like control the ship. So they lower the oxygen in there. They try to kill him in any way they can. Anyway, these two come and form like a, an unlikely alliance. They realize that, hey, the UNSC wants us both dead. What are we going to do here? Uh, the UNSC sends out forces to just to kill them both. Just look at the write-off. Everyone needs to die. Halsey doesn't want that because she wants her Frankenstein back, basically. Mm. So she sends through Silver Team and says, look, if anyone gets in your way, including friendlies, you you deal with them. You get Protect the Master chief. chief back. Yeah. John at this point. Yeah. Um, John. Jonathan. <laughs> my son, John. What a rubbish name. John. <laughs> I'm so mad at um, that. <laughs> so there's a whole like standoff near the ship. Quan still doesn't know if she can trust Master Chief because, you know, he he was given orders to kill her mum and blah, blah, blah. At this moment, we have probably the most controversial moment of the whole show so far. Master Chief takes off his helmet. This made a lot of people online very angry. I think this is the smartest thing they could have possibly done. Uh, I think this is completely necessary for, for a very simple reason. I mean, everyone's like, oh, in the game, he never takes his mask, his helmet off. Exactly. Because when you play the game, you are Master Chief. Yeah. That's who he, who, who, who he is. He is the player. A lot of games, you, uh, you're meant to, you know, the character is the avatar, like, like Doom. Yeah. Doom guy isn't a guy. Doom guy is you. Doom well, guy is the feeling you get while playing Doom. Doom well, is like you know the energy you feel from it. That's what same thing with Master Chief. You are Master Chief when you play it, but you can't form a bond with a soulless, faceless character in a TV show who has agency beyond your controller. You've put the controller down now. You need a face to empathize with. I personally have slightly mixed feelings about it. I. I do see the good in what they've done uh, by making him take off his helmet. It helps humanize him. It helps make him more relatable. And also, I think in that moment, it's actually a really good character moment, like outside of, you know, audience relations, because he's showing to to Quan, he's like, I am a person too. Like, I relate. I can... I'm on your side at the moment by removing his helmet. By, because prior to that, you know, he puts the emphasis on how important the helmet is and how he needs the helmet. He's taken it off and he's gone like, nah, this is it. Like, this is it. 
I have to, and I, I like that. I have to praise the performance of the the guy as well because mm. he, he uh, did a really Pablo Schreiber. Pablo Schreiber. He did uh, porn star awesome. from Orange Is the New Black. Apparently. Oh yeah! Oh, right. I, God. I did not recognize him. No. Um, he does. Fuck, okay. He really captured that feeling of super soldier who's been stuffed full of emotion numbing drugs and is mm. sort of only just fighting to push the little emotion you see on his face through through all of that. Like he did. A, there was that little job. bit of terror in his eyes. Yeah, yeah. He, cause he's like he's like I'm on the verge of realizing something here. Yeah, but yeah, there was, that, there was that still that like blocked emotion. I think that that performance was um, really good. Um, I actually have a quote from him. Yes, uh, the, I prepared. Um, read it out. So Pablo Schreiber, in regards to him taking the helmet off, he said, in the games, you've obviously never seen Chief with his helmet off. And the reason for that dynamic is because it's a first-person shooter and you don't want to know the effect of the player feeling like they're Chief. Sorry, you don't want to blow the effect of the player feeling like they're Chief. That That's sort of the conduit. That's how you play the game through his eyes and in his shoes. Um. But in regards to adapting the character of the TV, it says, it was necessary to basically ask the viewer to get rid of that dynamic. You're no longer a co-creator of this experience. You're now being asked to put the controller down, sit down on the couch, and join Chief on a journey where he's going to learn about his humanity in a way he hasn't before. And through that process, we as an audience will learn things about him that we never knew before. That's yeah. that's it, Jesse. That's uh, yeah, how I that perceived is. it when I when I watched that scene of, of the show that it's just focused in full on you see him take the helmet off he's there his face is there he's got emotions in his face that's the show making a statement saying like this is not the video game stop well, it well with with that being said there is one thing about it that i didn't like which is i feel like there could have been an air of almost mystery and in a way suspense tied to him having his helmet on and, you know, you can still have the face reveal maybe a couple of episodes down the line. Um, but, you know, sort of build it up a little bit. But at the same time, I, 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 I don't think it would have been that. worth it. I don't think it would have been worth it in the long no. run. But you if could, they carried that on for one more episode, the comparative to Mandalorian would have been inescapable. But that's Because yeah. the Mandalorian did that. They had the whole mysticism behind the helmet. So when he takes it off, it's a very impactful moment. They, they really I need think to, they, they yeah. need to cut that cord real They quick. needed to set the expectation for what the rest of the show was going to look like too. And by doing that in the yeah, first yeah, episode, true. the expectation has been set like, shit, okay, this is not going to be what I thought it was. Yeah, and <laughs> as, as I said, like I totally... I, I agree with the way that they have done it. But at the same time, I feel like it might have been a bit of fun as someone who hasn't seen The Mandalorian, to have that, you know, the mystery behind the helmet, as it were. Because there Wait, was... I'm sorry, you haven't seen The Mandalorian? Go no, I haven't. Do you I'm... have a working television, sir? Uh, yeah, it's kind of a shit one, though, but... Get a, a new one! And watch <laughs> Disney Plus become part of the machine! We're just cogs in this... No, fuck Disney. <laughs> I'm going on record. <gasps> fuck Disney. All right, end of. Oh, bold. I, I stand by that, like, quite heartily. Fuck a bold Disney. statement. <laughs> Fuck Disney. Um, don't get me wrong; they produce fucking great movies and great TV shows, but also fuck them. Like they're basically half an inch away from being a complete entertainment monopoly. But that's neither here nor there. All right, let's talk about Paramount Plus because everything the is underdogs. a fucking subscription at this point. Fuck me. Um, but Old yeah. man yells at Cloud right now. Look, 
No, it works. Simon, you, you've got a very strong point there, man. Thank you. you. Are right. Thank you. Exactly. I know I'm right. Um, there's, there's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a limit, all right? There's a sweet spot. When it's like two, maybe three subscription services, okay, look, you know, you can balance that out. When it's like more than four or five, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Like, fuck that noise. <laughs> anyway, let's back to the show. So let's kind of wrap it up and give out because Simon was going to go on for days about that. Okay? I, look, I could have. I have. I have thoughts. Sorry. You're not because I've interrupted. So let's get out. So, so we all like this. Let's. You know, we don't. We don't give review scores here. But back in the day, before Story Mobile was a thing, I used to write on on Medium, and I used to have a, my scoring scale was yeah, eh, nah. Okay, so you can say yeah. Oh, nah. Simon, what do you mean? Yeah. Kellen? Th- th- this is so much harder than just that. I, I don't want to say... too much. Just, it's, just make a grunt. It's one episode in. I can't say yeah to this. Well, so what do you review the one episode? I say the I'm first obviously episode not asking you, is a yeah, yeah, but that doesn't mean you should necessarily yeah. watch it. It's a, b- a bizarre, bizarre answer from Keelan. I wasn't asking you to review eight episodes we haven't seen yet, sir. <laughs> I don't want to get thumbs I, up. I was surprised by I, it. I, I can only review it as a whole. One episode means you nothing. Are, Keelan, you are a whole. A butthole. <laughs> Fantastic. Try Thank finger. you for that one, Jesse. <laughs> try, <laughs> try finger. <laughs> try finger butthole. <laughs> what a good way to end, this, end the episode. <laughs> We've on. come full circle, baby. <laughs> We have come full circle. Um, now, if you want to hear us talk more shit, <laughs> of course uh, you, you can. You can. Of course you can do that. We're on Spotify, iTunes. We're on all sorts of... You know how many podcasting platforms there are? Quite a lot. Like, like the podcast listen to it and they're like, oh, we're on Listener now. At What's least, Listener? At least five. At least five. Okay. And if you're on those five or any of the other ones that we don't know about yet, Go search for us, uh, Story Mode, a video game podcast. Um, you can listen to us talk about all sorts of video games and, I mean, obviously, and nonsense. Uh, we also have a few episodes of Love Letters where I interview content creators. Uh, Simon sometimes tries to burp off mic, but we just caught on mic. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just watching the- That just was not subtle, sir. I was like, ah. I like Keelan's, Keelan's <laughs> editing of this episode. It's going to have that burp and me in the background being like, yum, yum, yum on grapes. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of water. I needed moisture. Um, so if you listen to more of that shit, you can. I don't know why you would, but if you do, subscribe and leave us a review. While you're there, if you want to listen to a much better, more well-produced and uh, listenable podcast without grapes and burps, fair critical <laughs> podcast. And of course, uh, they're our, our, our parent network. So go check out some of their shows. If you want to keep up to date with all your video game news, storymodegaming.com is a place to be. If you want to keep up to date with us on social media, Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and that's all at StoryMate AUS. But we are on Twitch as well at StoryMate AUS where you can tune in to watch this this podcast in particular. These podcasts mm-hmm. in particular uh, recorded live every week. Plus we have a bunch of other streams. We've got some Fortnite. Lauren's been playing some Lake. Lockie's getting into this card game that he's just losing shit over. I think it's called like Shadow Realm or Shadow Bringers or Shadow something. Shadow <laughs> Solitaire. Shadowverse, why not? Why not? We'll give them that one. So tune in to, to us on, on Twitch. Give us a follow and all that. Um, and like I mentioned before, we're on Patreon as well. Check out Bucks Our Way, Search Fan Critical, and get access to a bunch of bonus goodies. But with that, Keelan, Simon, always a pleasure, lads. Thanks, yeah, guys. It's been. 
It's been a good one. Yeah, it's been a good one. I'd like the hundred other hundred and seven. Garbage. Debatable. Yeah, look, it is. Um, everyone listening, thanks for tuning in. Everyone in the chat on Twitch, thanks for hanging around. Um, play safe. Play it safe. Play it safe. Why yeah, not? Play it safe. Play it safe. Yeah, safe. By, the, by the pool. A <laughs> classic Australian saying. Be safe. Play some games. And we'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye. For, for John the Chief. John the Chief. John the Chief.